Previously on Party in Peril. Avador, what's going on? It seems my sister Jewel and I have the same master. She has agreed to come with us. This is Halsey's soul in the body of a drow. You paid for my ale. I'll owe you for that. I'll come with you. Sarah is decked out in full plate armor. Avador, Jack, new recruits, where are we heading? To Rice and Diathea. In a large, beautifully decorated room adorned with tapestries from each of the major kingdoms from across the land sits a long table. Seated at the table are all the lords from each of these kingdoms, their eyes wide, heads tilted up towards the high, vaulted ceiling. Their mouths hang open, and blood pours from gashes in their throats. One of them gurgles a final breath. Several paladins of the Ecclesia as we're now calling them, for reasons, are wiping the blades clean of blood while the rest are centered around a single figure hunched over on the floor, who is bloody and bruised, but not giving up the fight. Brothers, why? How could you betray your lords? Betray everything we stand for? The large figure, his face a mess of gashes and swollen flesh, swings his giant sword one last time, but he's tired and he's weakened and it cuts through nothing but air as those around him quickly step out of range. He looks up to see these men, some of whom he's known for years. Something about their eyes are different now. One of them smiles a toothy grin with several teeth far longer and sharper than natural. He hears footsteps, quiet, moving from across the room. His head droops again towards the floor and he spits blood to the stone. <sighs> he sees a woman's feet out of the corner of his eye, pale and bare and caked in blood. The men that were surrounding him make room as she steps forward. He raises his head once more to see a slender, beautiful, elvenly woman with blood-red eyes. She kneels down in front of him. Are you afraid? The man says nothing. There's no shame in being afraid. I was afraid for centuries as the paladins hunted my kind to the brink of extinction. For a holy order, you seem to revel in death. Why do you think that is? You're monsters. Some of us, yes, but not all. Why target all the scourge races? There could have been peace once. When you root out vermin, you don't kill the babies, you destroy the nest. How poetic. She kneels down and gets even closer to him, looking him right in the eye. There's some truth in your words, I'll admit. Destroy the nest. She motions a hand toward the direction of all the dead lords, 
your leaders are dead, and the city that controls all the nation's wealth is sacked. And we're one step away from completing a weapon that will change the course of history in our favor. Consider your nest destroyed. She stands and begins to back away, stepping towards the shadows. The man with renewed strength attempts to stand and ready his sword. Growls erupt from those surrounding him as they ready their blades in return. No. Allow him to leave this place and live to fight another day. The battered man straightens to his full height, gripping his sword tightly with his large black gauntlet spattered in blood. I don't accept your pity or mercy. Oh, it isn't mercy or pity. I'm a monster, remember? He glances around the room and then dashes through a door at the far side. Lady Anessa nods and she retreats backwards, fully enveloped by shadow, just out of sight as another man with very ornate armor slams through a door on the opposite side. He stops, his mouth agape in horror at the bloodshed. One of the remaining paladins turns to him. We were betrayed by one of our own. He and his men took us by surprise and murdered the lords. We killed his men, but he was able to escape. And he points towards the door that the large man just left through. The commander of the Knights of Sorin, as we're retroactively naming it, for reasons, slumps into a nearby chair. First we lose the mines and the Golden City, and now this. Who led the rebellion? We will not spare a single resource to hunt him down. It was Sir Alexander. The Gauntlet. Before we get started, hi guys, how you doing? Hey, what's up? Hey, could you repeat everything you just said? I, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was, I was reading a post. No, I'm, yeah, I'll just, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'll just I'm repeat all of it. <laughs> repeat it in exactly the same voices. Yes. No mistakes. Uh, before we get started, real quick, I just wanted to do a little, uh, little housekeeping here. So, everyone, I want to thank everyone who's been giving us reviews on Apple Podcasts. We've got two five star reviews here that are really, really awesome that I wanted to read real quick and. Oh, nice. Throw some credit their way. So uh, this first five-star review is from Rescue Ranger M, which I do remember we had a review from her for SMCB also that we read a few weeks back. So Rescue Ranger M says, My favorite D&D podcast. Hi, my name is Emily. Hello, Emily. And she has a smiley Hello, face. Emily. So I'm smiling back. You can't see it because it's a podcast, but I'm smiling. I love this podcast <laughs> with my whole heart. You guys make me smile and are my favorite D&D podcast out there. I also listen, listen to SMCB and hope that you guys host a panel at a convention near me. I have also gotten my three best friends, cousin, fiance, and boss to start listening to Party in Peril. They all love it. We have a blast discussing each episode. Honestly, you guys have some of the best editing I have ever heard on a podcast. <clears throat> I'm just stretching real quick. You know, it's, oh, it's weird. My stretch looks like I'm flexing. That's strange. Um, honestly, you guys have. Uh, oh, I already said that part. I was going to say the part about the editing again, but we'll go on. Uh, the editing makes it so easy to imagine the adventure and feel as though you are along for the journey. I'll keep spreading the word about how epic this podcast is. I believe you guys could be as big as the Adventure Zone or even Critical Role. 
But that's just one girl's opinion. And then she has a little heart. Oh, thank you, Emily. That's, that's so, so nice. Thank, thank you so much. Yeah. And then we've got one more five star review. I'm going to read real quick. And this is from Scotty may know. And this is, uh, they say, I've just recently got into D and D. This seems like a lot of fun. I fell in love with not another Dungeons and Dragons podcast and D and D and D, but others haven't caught my attention until now. I really love this prelude and I want more. So thank you very much. I know that the show has changed quite a bit since uh, since the beginning, but I hope you guys are definitely enjoying where it's going. And we have a lot of uh, other cool plans for, for this. Even after this campaign wraps up, we've got a lot of fun stuff kind of planning out. So Yeah, I'm very excited about what we've got coming up next. Yes. So hurry up and end this once we can get there. <laughs> I want to start the new one now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> All right. You guys are on a ship and you have left. Oh, man, I didn't even think to name this place. You left this other place <laughs> whose name <laughs> we want. That one place right. you were at that one time. Yeah. And you guys are heading towards Rycine, as we are now calling it, because of reasons. It's going to take a few days uh, to get there. And we're not going to, you know, we're not going to be like, oh, what are you doing every hour of these three days? But what is that a unicorn mug? Because that looks awesome. Should I? That, it is. Hang on. Should I is holding up the sweet looking unicorn coffee mug? <laughs> oh my god! I told you'd be a hit. I know. I know. He was like, "Do you use this?" And I was like, "I do." I love that. So, I was like, "Use it because it's fantasy themed. It'll it is work." Fantasy I themed. love it. That's awesome. It, basically, it looks like I'm drinking unicorn blood, but which is great because I it's need fantasy, I need all my spells know. to come. I'm handy. Got to keep that youth somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys, you guys are traveling on this this ship for three days, and you are among a lot of new faces. I mean, some old faces such as Sarah. You've known Captain Stein. <laughs> Rude. How dare you? <laughs> uh, you've got Shepard, but he's not much for conversation. Piper and Elros, which you would have seen around, but you've never really had conversations with in the past. But some new faces there with Grunwald, Krog, and Jewel. So I just want to know from you guys, like, what would you two be doing? I mean, you're spending three days at, at sea with all these people. What kind of stuff would Jack and Navador be up to or who would you be having conversations with? I know I'd definitely be talking about Shepard and be like, what the fuck was that? What was happening with him? Like, and is his real name Von Drill? Like, what's going on? Yeah. So you're, you're gossiping. I want <laughs> I want to be I want to be. Trying to learn how to juggle daggers. You're going like, to learn I'm how just to juggle kind of, daggers? Yeah, toying around with my daggers. Really just killing time. But in my head, the first thing that popped into it was, I wonder if I can juggle daggers. So okay. that's what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can roll for can that. Can you do a performance check? Me. Yeah, do a performance roll. All right, here I go. Let's see. In choppy water. Oh, no. What'd you roll? All right, I, I got a six. You start doing some of the juggling. You're first, you're just trying the two. And then you feel like that's going all right. And then you move up to juggling three daggers. And you, you catch the attention of, of Piper, who is, you know, she's she's kind of like you. She's sort of roguish. She uses daggers and stuff. She's just kind of watching and sort of impressed. But then you drop one of the daggers and, and it just nicks your big toe on your left side just a little oh. bit. And she just kind of snorts like, <clears throat> and then walks off. Oh, there you go. God. Oh. Hey, that wasn't funny. She's just shaking her head and keeps walking. 
I felt Sarah, that coming for some reason. Sarah and I made a pact as like, do not use your healing spells on this little child. <laughs> Anyone have a Band-Aid? Yeah, Anything? Jack, you took one damage for that. <laughs> oh, man. I only had one health. You I'm dead. You did. <laughs> Sarah's just been, like, been a little different lately. You know, she was really down in the dumps for quite a while. Not very talkative. Um, she seems to have a lot more pep in her step now. But, I mean, she's also... She's looking quite a bit like Grunwald. She's been having a lot of conversations with him. She spends a lot of time um, kind of polishing her her armor. And the plate armor she's wearing is fairly old, so she's kind of like polishing that up a little bit, getting some dents out of it. It's old armor that um, Grunwald had pulled off of a fallen paladin, as we're calling them now. But she seems to be in a lot better spirits than, than she had been. And she's been seen kind of going around the ship, just kind of looking at sights, acting a little bit like the old Sarah from when you first met. I think I'd also be um, chatting with Joel and seeing what uh, our mutual master has been training her and what sort of information I can get out from her. Okay, sure. Being Joel, she's kind of like walking out a little too far, like on the um, that little piece of ship that that hangs off when you play Sea of Thieves and everyone stands on there and tries not to fall off. She goes out there a lot and she's like looking into the water and trying to look at all the different fish and she's like pointing at things but not saying anything. She she can see you approaching from behind her and she'll turn around and and walk over and be like, Hello, Avador. Are you practicing your magic? I'm cataloging the various fish I see in the sea. Oh, I said sea twice. That's peculiar. You seem to be coming about more human lately. I don't exactly know what it means to be human other than being born human. Are you looking forward to reuniting with our master? Oh, yes. I know he misses us very dearly. Tell me, why did you leave? He never did quite say. I was curious. I I felt the need to grow more. There was only so much he could teach me and... And I felt that I, I was in need of looking for other creatures like myself. Have you ever found someone that looks like yourself? Not yet, but I'm hopeful. Have you ever found someone that thinks like yourself? Not yet, but I'm also hopeful. Hope is good, I think. I don't know if I quite understand hope just yet. But I'd like to think that it feels nice. It does. It's comforting to know that there's something out there that we do not know, and and that's what gets me excited. I enjoy the thrill of not knowing things and being able to observe and absorb information. This world has been much larger than I expected, and I'm excited to go home and and see our master again and share with him what I've learned along my way. I feel much the same way. I left for very similar reasons. I was very curious. I read every book in his library. I did too. I am glad that we're going to go back and see him together. I'm very grateful that he brought you in into my life. As am I. Have you seen all the fish over here? No, show me. So she uh, she kind of leans over the side and then she starts pointing out all these different fish. And she doesn't know the names of all of them. So she's just kind of like almost naming them herself, but using descriptions. That's large fish with blue scales and five fins. I enjoy this game. Have you ever turned into a fish before? I don't know if I possess that magic to turn into things. 
Do you? I have, actually, in my past. Seeing this five-fin fish that you have described, it might come in handy in my future. You could turn into a five-fin fish? I've turned in many things. I don't see why I wouldn't turn into a fish myself. Please show me. I've never seen anyone turn into anything. Maybe another time. I use my spell when it's best necessary. That does make sense. Hey, can I try again to juggle these daggers? <laughs> but, but wait, but wait, wait. Sure. Let, hear me out. Okay. So, okay. I feel like this would be more of a dex thing. I just, I'm not sure which skill in particular. Because it's not quite acrobatics. That's more like flips and stuff. And it's not quite sleight of hand. That's more like stealing. But I feel like just some kind of a dexterous move. Maybe just a general dex roll. Because I, okay. I'm much better at that. I just think... I'm not trying to perform necessarily for anyone. I'm just trying to sure, sure. master this skill. So Okay, I'll let you let do, do a straight, straight dex roll. Here's the thing, though. Piper yeah. sees you trying again, and then she <laughs> oh. she elbows Elros, and, and she's just kind of like, hey, hey, watch this one. Look at him. Look at him over there. Watch. Do, I, watch. Notice, do I notice them? Oh, yeah. Is he, over, oh, you is notice. he overhearing? Yes. Uh, okay, well, I'm sweating a little bit while I'm doing it. Okay, do a straight yeah. up dex roll. All right. Okay, that is 12. You get three daggers going, and Piper and Elros are kind of like leaning forward a little bit, like really anxious to see you like drop this again. You're throwing them like really, really high, and you catch them effortlessly and just kind of take a little bow. And Piper's like, ah, damn. <laughs> and Elros just kind of shrugs and, and goes back about doing his, his duties on ship. I smirk. As I'm walking away, but then I wipe sweat from my brow. Oh, God. <laughs> Real quick, who is our captain on this ship? It's still Stein. He's still there. Stein. Okay. And he has named the ship the Retribution. Ooh, that's a cool name. You get the feeling that, that Captain Stein, kind of like Sarah, he's, he seems like he's got a little bit of a new lease on life. Like, you guys went through some pretty crappy stuff, and, and he was a little down in the dumps, too, from his ship being blown up. I mean, Avador did blow it up, honestly, but, you know, he got betrayed Man. by almost his entire crew. Uh, before that happened, most of his crew was wiped out when you fought those big old sea creature things, like, weeks ago. So, things are starting to look up for for him as well. He's got a new crew now. He's on a ship, which is where he feels like he belongs. So, he's been a little bit more pleasant to be around. Now, I kind of want to be just, like, walking around performing actually performing for people to kind of lift spirits a little bit okay if i can my my ultimate goal with with juggling these daggers was to be sort of a i, I guess in ship entertainment while we wait or while we're waiting to get to our destination grunwald is loving it i mean he's he's just super entertained by by pretty much anything you do even if he you mess up he kind of doesn't realize that you're messing up and he thinks it's just part of the you know what you're doing like you're just being funny and stuff so he's getting a big <laughs> yeah. kick out of it he loves every second of it sarah you can tell gets a little anxious watching you juggle these daggers like she's you know kind of looking like a little bit of a mom like she's just like uh, uh oh, oh um jack be careful krog is just not amused by anything really he's just like <sighs> children my flourish is like I'll let all three daggers like land on the deck, just like boom, 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 and then just do like that. Ta da! <laughs> Grunwald's like yes, yes, and gives you a big <laughs> thumbs up, like both hands thumbs up. He's just digging it so much. This is like the greatest thing he's seen in months. Should I dying? There. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was like, where do There's I sneeze? There's the coronavirus right there. <laughs> there it is. Right into the mic. Sneeze right into the, right into the mic. Right. Now all Sorry, of you listening uh, have it. Uh, I had to kind of end my performance prematurely because I, I could see the bandage on my foot start to get a little redder. So I was like, oh, 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 oh no. Blood's flowing. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are d- uh, doing this kind of thing for about three days. And after those several days of travel, you start approaching the shoreline and coming in through a narrow inlet surrounded on either side by uh, cliffs of beautiful sandstone and shades of white and pink and red. You can see little flecks of quartz in the stone that kind of make the cliff edges shimmer a little bit in the sunlight, and it gives off a little bit of warmth to kind of break up the, the cold of winter that you experience like out on the deck. And as you're approaching some docks, you see several ramps and staircases leading up to this mesmerizing-looking academy of Rycine, as we're, you know, calling it now. For reasons. At the top of this large bluff. It's like this big series of, of buildings and towers, just so tall. It looks like they pierce the sky with their emerald-colored tops. It's strange for how large the place is. It seems kind of empty, in fact, like there's not another single ship or, or even person like anywhere near the docks aside from you guys as you're deboarding the ship. And as you leave the retribution, you begin to kind of scale the ramps and stairways and you notice that up close, things are starting to look really worn. There's like plants of different varieties kind of overgrown and broken through some of the stones and the large cracks kind of plaguing the walls of the cliffside. As you kind of reach the summit, on top of the uh, the bluffs here, things don't look that much better. Like most of the buildings and towers are looking like they haven't been, you know, cleaned for a while. Some of them are a little bit of disrepair. Some of the windows are cracked, or there's lots of dust. But there is one tower, and Avdor, you know that this would be the main tower in which your master resides, um, and it's the largest one, kind of in the center of all of these structures where the windows are actually relatively clean. I'd like to use Detect Poison and Disease as this is the land that I grew up in and I notice a great deal of difference in the environment and I'm curious if plague has played a role in this land. Sure thing. Let's add your spellcasting. Uh, 13. You don't notice like there's no plague or anything going on like that, but you do feel like there's a lot less magic than there used to be which kind of indicates to you that you knew a lot of the upkeep and things like that were done by a lot of the students and some of the other people that resided at this academy and that obviously what they used to do doesn't seem like it's being done anymore. No counselors going to school and trying to recruit people and then be like, have you heard of Sally Mae? (laughs) (laughs) Feels like that hits close to home. Yeah, yeah. It is home. (laughs) (laughs) This is the home and where my master is, correct? Well, this would be like um, where the the library and dining hall typically is, but he usually, he lives kind of up farther in that tower above all that stuff. So yeah, that's where he would be. Jewel, was, was our home like this when you left? Oh, yes. Unfortunately, there were no more students by the time that I left. Where is our master? He is probably inside. Can you show us? She kind of waves her hand in the door to the tower 
opens. Can you describe the environment inside as we walk in? It's hard to see everything because everything's a little dark. There's just some candlelight and stuff like that. Like it almost feels like it's it's kind of hard to see what's going on. But you can see lots and lots of books everywhere when you first start glancing through. Like for whatever reason, it just seems a little almost like foggier. Like you're not quite seeing everything the way that you would expect to. As we walk through the corridors, I'd like to produce flame. So actually, as you pass through the doorway, and we'll just say that that you and Jewel kind of lead the way and, and Jack and the rest, um, all of the crew follow, you walk through the doorway and immediately you are facing the opposite direction back outside. And you see three statues standing in front of you that you didn't notice before. They're about five feet tall. The statue on the left looks like a what you would imagine a giant to look like. This big, ugly, hulking, Neanderthal-looking form. And it's actually got its arms outstretched with its hands cupped, like it's expecting to be given something. Um, next to that, kind of in the middle between the three, is this squid-like kraken statue with its tentacles wrapped around a large chalice. And that's also kind of almost angled a little bit. And then on the right side is the statue of a dragon with its wings pressed back and its faces stretching toward the sky with its jaws wide open. And on the ground before those three is a plaque that reads uh, in the common tongue, it just says, from which we were made. Jewel, do you know these creatures? This looks to be a giant, a kraken, and a dragon. I see that. Were they here? Were they here when you were? No, this is new, but it almost looks like we're being tested. Would this be an insight check, maybe, to see if I can kind of know, I guess? You could do, uh, yeah, go ahead and do an, an insight check and see if you can find any, like, clues as to what yeah. what's going on. Like, insight or perception or something. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Which one do you think? Insight? Do insight on this one. Okay. 14. 14. You're just kind of inspecting this these statues, looking for any hints as to, like, what's going on. But you notice the giant's eyes, the way they're carved, is looking straight down. The kraken, uh, the chalice that it's holding, is angled, and it's angled kind of towards the direction of the sea where you just came from. And then, again, you notice like the, the dragon's jaws, its, its head is pointed straight up at the sky with its jaws wide open. Can I detect magic and see if these are actual sculptures or if these are people that are have magics been used to freeze them like Medusa? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> what did you get? Good. Well, I rolled a four plus oh, okay. three. That's a seven. That's that's enough. You you know that they, they are statues. These statues look as if they were made from magic, but they are statues. Uh could you tell me what the text on the Plaque set again? From which we were made. I'm not sure if we need to fill those glasses or move them. I'm trying to visualize right now. We've got the giant looking down with his hands open. Empty, right? Yeah. He doesn't have anything in his hands. Right. Um, and then the kraken with the or angled chalice. And then the, the dragon with his mouth agape looking upward. Yes. I'm going to have Avador do this one. Roll a perception check for me. Ooh, Ooh, natural 20. She's like, oh, the doorknob's right there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's opposite day. It's a natural one. No, um, 
the way that the sun is angled right now, you, the dragon's mouth and everything that's open is pointing directly at the position of the sun. The chalice is pointing at the sea. The dragon's pointing at the sun, and the so so it's almost it's it's it, wait the giant's looking down right yes you got it natural twenty no wait <laughs> what because uh, I was looking at a spell that said a uh, stone shape and I thought it would be like you could touch a stone and know where no, it comes from I don't I don't think there's anything we need to do like spell or skill wise I think we just need to be smart. And figure it out. <laughs> yeah, like uh, rude. <laughs> I think we just need to be smart. Can I go and see? Can I go up and see if I can move them? Like if I can physically turn any of them or anything? Like if there's like a puzzle element, you can. Uh, you can certainly try. Okay, I'll I'll just try. Like, okay, it doesn't work. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they are very solid statues. Uh, I mean, if the dragon is facing the sun right now but i mean would that just be a coincidence that we happen to arrive exactly when it's pointing at the sun like is it not i think like, it's, i feel like it's purposeful so let let me let me try this let me try uh grabbing some dirt off the ground and putting it in the giant's hand is it like looking at earth dirt or just like the ground that's like tile like uh, that, it's I guess. yeah, it's it's earth basically. It's just okay. So at let me earth. grab some earth and put it in the giant's hands, and then I don't know. Go run and grab some water and put it in the chalice. Can I move the chalice or no? <laughs> Is this a fifth element? I don't know. Somebody blow it. <laughs> the giant statue. The hands start closing around the dirt. The eyes go from looking at the ground to looking straight ahead, and then the statue kind of fades away and disappears. Ah, uh, cool. Okay. And yeah, I'm going to go run and get water real quick. Okay. Can I move the chalice? That's probably going to take or? you a little bit. <laughs> oh, how far? Well, Avador, can you can you make some water real quick? <laughs> I won't. It, it'll only create 30 gallons of water oh, we only and need it like... disappears 24 hours. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we don't need 30 gallons. Just... I know, but that's what my spell does. It <laughs> creates 45 pounds of food and 30 gallons of water. Well, I am hungry, so... Sarah looks looks at uh, you, Jack, after you had just done the, the dirt with the one statue. She sees you talking about conjuring uh, water, Avador, and stuff, and she's like, I do have a flask of water, if you think that is what you're looking for. That seems oh, like it would be so a lot obvious. easier. Oh, it's so obvious. She's like, what, what are you planning to do with this? She just hands you her flask of water. Okay, and I, I pour some in the chalice. Okay, the chalice tips back towards the Kraken, and then that statue disappears. And now you just have the dragon statue. Should I just produce flame and like with my hand and just touch it with my my fiery hand? Try it out. All right, let's do that. Okay. What's it do? So uh, where, are you, where are you gonna touch the dragon with the flame? So you've got the flame in your hand. What do you, where exactly are you gonna put this flame? On its face. On its face. <laughs> Like, well, it's, like like in it's his mouth, pointing the sun. Well, in his open mouth. Sure. Maybe? Yeah. Okay. You you place the flame like towards his open mouth, and when you take your hand away, the flame remains there and actually billows for a moment, like it's just been like blown, like this huge like fireball into the air, and then that statue's mouth closes, and that statue disappears. However, as as soon as that last statue disappears. Three pedestals show up where they were just sitting. And now there are two other statues. One on the left, one on the right, but just a pedestal in the middle. 
with no statue on it. The left one is a large bestial looking figure that you can only interpret to be a werewolf based on that it has both human and wolf-like features. And because of the other lycanthropes that you guys have encountered on your journeys and everything so far. The pedestal on the right is a statue depicting kind of like a, almost like an elf-like creature, but slightly different. It's thinner, um, with shorter ears, very long clawed fingers, and sharp-looking fangs protruding from its mouth. The middle pedestal is empty, but there's another engraving in a language that Avador knows to be infernal that says, take up your place. Is that my place? <laughs> is it big enough for like a person to sit on? Yeah, sit or stand or, or stand whatever. On? Yeah. yeah. I'll jump up there and I'll stand in it just to see. Nothing happens. Aw. <laughs> You're human. <laughs> well, next I, to a werewolf and an elf-like creature. Well, I'm 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 part rat sometimes <laughs> when I want to be, I think. <laughs> All right. I guess I step on there, see what happens. As Avador settles into the place on the pedestal, you're all suddenly once again facing the doorway to the tower. And now you can see that whatever kind of like almost fog that you felt like you couldn't see through quite right before has lifted. And Avador, it looks exactly as you would expect. <laughs> Victory. House party is ready. As you enter through the doorway, you find yourselves in a large warm room of carpets and desks and swirling bookshelves sprouting in every direction, just winding their way up the walls while others intersect and crisscross over each other at almost like impossible angles, all moving upward towards a ceiling so high that you, you can barely even see it. Around the room and kind of dotting all the absurdly tall ladders at various points are what looks like suits of armor with faint blue glows emanating from them. The fact that none of them have a head doesn't seem to keep them from their tasks, which is dusting. They're all dusting all these bookshelves everywhere with these little feather dusters. And each suit of armor is equipped with the duster, with, with cloths, all kinds of things to, to clean. And a, a quick glance around the room will tell you that they're very good at their jobs because there's like not a speck of dust or cobweb anywhere in sight. And from behind a large stack of books on a center desk steps Avador's master, only about three feet tall, with a long white beard that almost reaches his bare toes to stick out from beneath his purple robes. And his long white hair is pulled back in a little bun, revealing his heavily wrinkled face with round spectacles that make his eyes look way too big, almost like, like a bug's eyes. And though he's small and very frail in size, you can really just, you feel the weight of his presence as if you stepped into the room with a giant rather than this tiny elderly little gnome. And he says, Welcome home, my daughters. I have a little smirk on my face because I'm finally not the shortest person in the room. <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody, how we doing so far? Just wanted to pop in and do just a little more housekeeping real quick before we continue on with our new little gnome friend. I uh, hope you guys are enjoying the updated story and the new characters that Jack and Avador have gotten to meet. We're having a ton of fun playing them, and I'm really looking forward to uh, the the rest of the campaign, 
which will probably be tying up in maybe the next several months. But we do have some really fun stuff planned for after that. Um, so the show is is not ending. Trust me, not going to end. Big thank you again to everyone who's been supporting the show by sharing it with friends and providing ratings on Apple Podcasts. And a special thank you to our Patreon supporters, Nickel Forrest, Jacob, and Tommy. We really appreciate you guys. All the, the content that we create over at NerdSlot.com comes out of pocket, which is getting harder and harder for us to do. So if you want to support what we do, just $5 a month on Patreon is a huge way to support us. If you choose to donate, you'll get access to bonus episodes of this show and Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom, as well as access to our Discord channel where you can interact with any of the show hosts over at NerdSloth. We are working on more content for Patreon, especially extra content for Party in Peril, which will provide a lot more story for some of your favorite characters. So make sure to keep going back there and checking for updates if you are interested in donating. And don't forget to check out some of our other great shows from NerdSloth.com, available wherever you get your podcasts, like Anxiously Ever After, which is a mental health podcast I do with my wife, Rochelle. The latest episode is discussing the anxiety that can come with buying a home and what happens when you let your stress build up too much. There's also two episodes of Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom this past week. One is a review of Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beast, which is an amazing cartoon from DreamWorks Animation and is now streaming on Netflix with all of season one. There's also a bonus episode where Joseph and I interview Raz Seacrest and Bill Wolkoff, who are the creators of that show, and they give us a ton of info on how the show came about and the inspiration for all your favorite characters, and you're not going to get that anywhere else. Seriously, this is the only interview they have done where they have released that amount of information about the background of the show. So if you want to know more about that show, if you're a fan of it or you're interested in it, which if you like Dungeons and Dragons and fantasy kind of things, you are going to love that show. You're going to love it so much. So go watch the show on Netflix and then go listen to the interview because it's super good. Uh, you can also find all these shows on youtube.com slash nerdsloth. There you can also find links to Rerolling, which is my health vlog, and Spartacus Gaming, which has tons of Let's Play videos of indie games that release three times a week. I've been a real busy boy. Uh, thank you again for listening to this episode and showing us your support. Let's get back to the action. Jewel walks up and she says, Hello, Master. I found my sister. I didn't realize that she left for the same reasons as I. It just wasn't anyone's business but her own. I knew you would all find your own way. Father, you look well. You look younger than I remember. He coughs and wheezes a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I thank you for your kind words. Although we know the truth. I, I, I feel about as, as every year as I look, trust me. I see the Roombas are still in working order. <laughs> the Roombots, yes. The Roombots. <laughs> the Roombots have been have been doing quite quite a lot of work in here. I've I've had to create quite a few more to <sighs> he sighs a little bit. Pull up some of the slack. If you'll notice the uh, there's really no one else here to do any of the work anymore. And you'll hide a key in order to come in. <laughs> Quite inventive. You've done well. Thank you. I was pretty proud of that one myself. Obviously, that might, you know, bring up a few questions for you. We can we can talk. We'll talk later. We'll we'll catch up. Uh, are you are you all tired? Uh, do you need rest or anything? 
How was your journey? There's a lot of people with you. <laughs> Who are all these people that you've brought to my door? I'm I'm a little, little. Uh, I don't want to say intimidated because I am a master of arcane and I shouldn't be, but I'm a. I got a little bit of social anxiety going on here. So, who are all these people? My my apology, and I I sincerely apologize. You are correct. It this was not how I intended to return, but we do need to sit down and and explain to you our journey, our quest that continues on. But I will let everyone else dismiss themselves. Would you be able to spare time for me? I could absolutely do that. Yes. Um, in fact, here, and he motions to a, a stairway over towards the right of the room. And it's this really large stairway that goes, um, once you climb it, there's like a large hallway. Um, and he says, each of you will find your own room through this hallway. If you should choose to, to have some rest or would like to retire for a little while, I will have food prepared later for everyone. And you will find that each room is suited to your specific needs. I walk up to him to introduce myself real quick. Hi, my name is Jack and I am master of dagger juggling. That is a magic I am very unfamiliar with um, and I've never heard of. And I suspect it is not magic at all. But... I do respect your skills, young Master Jack. And if you are a friend of Avador's, you are very welcome here. I bow and then walk away. Do a roll for me just real quick. Uh-oh. Okay. Of what? Just just a, a straight-up d20. Just want to see what happens. Ten. Okay. You you bow and almost bonk heads with him. <laughs> but but you but you don't quite do, like you got real close, but you kind of caught yourself before, and then you walk off. So it, it's really up to you guys what what you want to do. Uh, the others, aside from Jules, just kind of sticking around, but the others are kind of looking around the the library room and starting to head towards those stairs. I'd actually would like to stop Sarah and have her sit with me. Oh, you want Sarah to stay? Okay. Yeah. So so you kind of nudge Sarah's armor a little bit and she's like, oh, uh, yes, Avador. What, what's going on? I'd like you to meet my father. And Jack, there is a, a coin that you are still carrying. May I borrow that? I hand her the coin. <laughs> okay. Um, so the others kind of walk up those stairs and they disappear down the hallway. So right now it's just um, Avador, Jewel, Sarah, and uh, Jack kind of remaining in this library with Master Kavela. Father, during our quest, we've encountered this coin that was found in a graveyard. Mm. Do you recognize it? And there seems to be a puzzle within it. A puzzle, you say? Interesting. Yes, I, I have heard of, of, of coins like this before, but not for a very, very long time. There is a book on this, Master. I have read it. It's right over there. And she points, even though she says right over there, it is, she's like pointing way up, like on the on the wall. And Kavela looks over and he's like, of course. All right. One moment. <laughs> Just one moment. And he, he flicks his fingers a little bit. And you see this very like blue bird kind of seemingly pop out of nowhere, like literal pop, like, and just kind of shows up in the air. And he's like, yeah, what's going on? And <laughs> Indigo, could you please go fetch that that book up there for me? 
That's uh, a lot of books up there. Which which one are you talking about? Kavela like literally just points, and you can see way, way, way far up. A book started glowing a little bit. He's like, ah, all right, got it. He flies up there, grabs a book with his his little feet, and flies it back down, and it plops onto the desk right next to Master Kavela. Why is Indigo a truck driver? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> what made you choose that voice for him? It's just some, a little, just like, some flavor. Little blue bird, right? Even truck drivers read. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like the way he sounds, like that's what it reminded me of. It was just kind of came in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. <laughs> hey, what you need? Uh, what's going on? Indigo just kind of perches on Kavela's shoulder and, and just kind of hangs out while he's starting to flip through this this book real quick. Ah, I see. Okay, so according to the lore, many of these coins were were forged, some of them for gifts for lords or for their birthdays or coronations, things like that. Father, we also encountered another element. Jack, can you bring out the the key that you found in uh, the captain's corridors that one time? I ruffled through my uh, my my rogue fanny pack. And try to <laughs> try to find it. Uh, uh, this one, and I hand it to her. Yes, Father. Do you recognize this key here? He uh, holds his, his palm out um, and accepts the key from you, and and kind of looks at it, and he turns it a little bit, and he goes, "Give me just one moment." And he holds it really close, and you see his eyes start glowing like a, this blue kind of light. And he's kind of muttering some things, and you can see kind of the hair um, of of his beard it almost looks like it's being blown a little bit backwards, like as if some sort of wind were emanating from this key that he's holding. And you see him go very pale, like almost as if he's he's sick. Father, are you okay? Yes, I I'm fine. He, uh, you can see he's kind of sweating a little bit. Crap, I need a new name for this this person. One second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just, we're just whatever, gonna... whatever their name spelled backwards is, just try to... <laughs> Did in Pig Latin. <laughs> okay, this, this, this thing that had been mentioned previously, we're just going to say it backwards for, for reasons. Theo, instead of the, the other name. And we're changing it because of reasons. Thiel was the first demon who sought to bend the magic of the world to her will. While the kraken and dragons and giants held dominion over the world and the magics wherein, Thiel knew that something can't be created from nothing, meaning there must be other magics that created the three great races that helped shape our world. She reached out into the universe and pulled new magic into this world, creating something called the Celestials. The Celestials were power incarnate and began decimating the three. It took all the strength of, uh, well, I gotta come up with a name for this one. We'll just call it uh, Krogar. <laughs> for reasons, guys. Reason. It took all the strength of Krogar, the greatest of the dragons, to circumvent the Celestials and tear Thiel into three pieces. The energy that, that ripped through also created 
three new beings born from the remains of Thiel. Balaam, the first lycanthrope. Lysalvis, the first vampire. He kind of hesitates a little bit. There was a third race. Tieflings. That's me. Thiel's head grew a new body and lost all memory and evil intent and passed into obscurity. And that's... That's what I I know about this, and and that there was a weapon created to house the power of the Celestials that Thiel inadvertently created. And Jewel kind of pipes up and she's like, I've read that book. It's a very good read. And she points over to another side of the, the library and she says, it's over there. And um, Indigo is kind of like, eh, is that a, am I supposed to go grab this one too? Or <laughs> what's, what's going on? He's kind of looking at you guys, like shrugging his wings, like, uh, are we going to keep this party going or, or you want to wait a little bit? What's up? I'm interested in this book. Yes, please. May you reach it for us? Yeah, fine. You better find me some good ass worms, though. I'm going to be <laughs> hungry after all this work. And he, he flies up. And uh, flies over to, to the other book that's now kind of glowing and stuff and brings it back and he plops it down in front of Kavela. So Kavela is flipping through this this new book that he's got and um, kind of takes some time. You can hear him kind of reading to himself a little bit, um, muttering. You can see his finger kind of going across the page back and forth. And almost like you see almost like a little trail of, of almost like faint blue light kind of follows along his finger like as it moves across the book like almost like he's reading but almost kind of like absorbing and then he flips to the back of the book um, the back cover and he opens it and there's almost like a little compartment stuck there and he pulls out this little scroll and then he kind of unrolls the scroll and he says well this part um, some of you may may have already heard before, because I do see that you are traveling with some formerly of the Ecclesia. But, <clears throat> and the gods of the Ecclesia look down upon a world in chaos, restoring order and bringing light to a darkened world. And he rolls the scroll back up and tosses it over his shoulder. Behind that cryptic of scripture and from some of the other things that I just read means a group of deities took notice of this powerful magic and swooped in to contain it but these deities don't like to get their feet wet instead they gave visions to a group of the finest craftsmen of the mortal races which is the elves and dwarves who worked together to create an artifact that would at least temporarily put the celestials into hibernation the artifact was then dismantled and scattered across the world once the Celestials were at rest, in hopes that they would never be reawoken. Um, and your coin would be a part of that artifact. And the key, this here, and he holds the key up, is what would unlock the power of these Celestials. So whoever has all three coins in this key would be able to unlock basically a power unparalleled 
enough that it drew gods to come and have us contain it. It's very dangerous. Is there no way for us to destroy this coin? Can't we just get rid of it? An artifact this powerful? I don't think even I could destroy it, even with all the knowledge of magic that I possess. What about Indigo? He seems pretty tough. <laughs> Indigo, he, he looks at, he does like the, the kind of nod where he like bobs his head up a little bit and he's like, eh, I like this one. <laughs> Master, it seems that all travels in finding these artifacts, we are not the only ones who know of its possession. We are being followed and I apologize, but there may be a chance that they might come here as well. I would not be surprised, but if they know that you're coming here, then unfortunately here is not a place that you could remain. At least, not for an extended period of time. Do you have any idea of where the rest of these coins might be? Sarah kind of pipes up a little bit, and, and she says, Well, we have been told in the past that Arnhem definitely has something to do with it. A lot of our answers seem to have been leading us there. We can't just go there. We we have other responsibilities as well. We have a friend that is extremely in need of our, our aid, and we know that the Ecclesia is coming to destroy his village as well. We can't be everywhere at once. There's just, there's so much going on. How much time do you, do you have before the Ecclesia comes for his village? A fortnight, but that was as of at least four days ago, so we're already down a little bit. I could use my magic to teleport you somewhere to alleviate some of the time it would take you to warn them, but I can only send a few of you. I wouldn't be able to send your entire group. And then he, he kind of looks at Avador again. However, I believe the best course of action is that we gather the coins, now that we have one and we have the key, finding the other two and rehiding them would be the only safe way to go about this. If someone else were to find it and use it, it could mean the destruction of everything. Do you believe that the other two coins are not safe? You've already come across both one coin and the key to unlock them. No, I would assume the other two coins are probably not safe. They've probably been found as well. And I'm assuming that's the reason that they're coming for you. They know that you have it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Party in Peril. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends or digi friends on social media and use the hashtag NerdSloth so we can thank you for your support. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, uh, give us a rating, all those things that can help out the show. It's like rolling a nat 20 every time. See you next episode. Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. 
If you're looking for more content, catch us on YouTube and Twitch or visit us at nerdsloth.com.